This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. All right, Dynasty Podcast, live from Dynasty Studios in Pilsen. I am here tonight, uh, final Dynasty Podcast interview of 2018, we're closing on the year, mm-hmm. and I'm here with Luna Gray. How are you doing? Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank yeah. you for having me. I didn't know this was the last one of the year, so yeah, you know, I, I feel think very special. It's a good time to kind of wind it down. I just think trying to get somebody around the holidays, everybody's going to be mentally checked out. So that, we're right at true. the tail end of like... When people are still sort of in the year. Right. That's true. Yeah. We got a couple more weeks, you know. Yeah. Wrap it up strong. That's the plan. How is your 2018 treating you? We're going to get into all sorts of things about what you do, but uh, how has your year been? Man, you know, 2018, this has been one of the most exhilarating, stressful, exciting, successful years, I would say, of my career as a music artist um, and just my life in general. But I would say... Um, been amazing. I've really, I feel like I've very much so established my brand to a point, which I'm very proud of. I'm, I've finally been able to determine more so my lane and everything I'm doing, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, I've, that's it's awesome. It's been a long, it's been a long, long road. You know, everyone has their path, and mine's been long and widening, just like the rest of us. So, well, and that kind of leads us to like our first real question, which is where I always really started this podcast, which is just like, how did you get your start as an artist, as a creative? How are you to want to like? define that, whether it's music, whether it's modeling, but like, how did creative work enter your life? How did that happen for you? Oh, well, so um, I started off um, when I was about 15 years old, I started off um, writing raps mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in my, in my house, in my bedroom. Um, and it was just a way for me to vent uh, the emotions and feelings that I was going through uh, from my head. It was a way for me to cope with all the stresses of life. But it was pretty casual to me at that point because I never took it seriously, um, especially uh, at the time that I was starting to to rap mm-hmm. and and write. I didn't, you know, I lived. I was living in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Okay, so yeah, I was yeah. born in Madison. Um, my family was all from Chicago, but I was born in Madison. So, in a city like that, you know, at the time when I was when I was there, it was really hard for dreamers to really pursue their dreams within mm-hmm. the city. It felt very constra- constrained. It felt very well. Madison's not like a big industry. It's a little college town. It's, it's a cool a town, but it's not it's, an industry town. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's hipster. It's you know hippie. It's it's cool, but yeah, it didn't have much industry. Right. I was blessed enough to have a father. My dad's from Chicago. He actually moved from Chicago to Madison to open up his own television station. Oh, how cool. So he made... punk rock. Very punk rock. So I was always... uh, So he had his own television station, like I said, covering all the Madison politics. So he kind of helped Madison become a a metropolitan, like a real city, because it had politics because of my dad. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my childhood was spent in the television station and doing commercials and random things that my dad would make me do. So, you know, as I got older and my dreams of music and being a music artist and being a star or not, you know, now it's not really about being a star, but it was then it was like, wow, I want to be in front of people and inspire people. And that's Mm -hmm. still, you know, very true about inspiration. People were like, no, you're crazy. You're not going to be a music artist. It's not realistic. Right. But, um, but for me having a dad that was in the industry, I never saw, I never felt like I couldn't go do those things. Um, so yeah, so basically, you know, that's how I started, I started writing and then, I went. I fell into some very deep uh, personal problems. I fell into some very deep depressions. Very deep. Um, I was my own worst enemy. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, I went to college. I dropped out because I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
other than music. Everything sure. I did, it just kept coming back to music. I was going through horrible depressions and, you know, didn't I didn't want to live anymore without... And the only thing that made me feel like life was worth it was music. Mm-hmm. So I hit a point and I said, you know what? I don't care anymore. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't care how crazy everyone says I am. I'm doing this. And ever since that day, I was 19 when I when that that day. And ever since that day, my life has been all about music and all kinds of arts and creative expression. And just that for me is what soothes my soul. So I moved to Chicago uh, shortly after that and just began networking like crazy, meeting people, going into studios, anything mm. I could just to start to learn the, the realm of Chicago because Madison didn't really have that industry like, you know, like we said earlier. Sure, yeah. And so I started to stumble into all kinds of different opportunities and it seemed like I kept ending up in the right place at the right time and it almost felt like it was destined. So I just kept going and kept going and kept going, kept writing, kept establishing my sound. Um, that's kind of actually how I uh, stumbled into modeling. Mm-hmm. So modeling is something I enjoy very much. You know, one thing I will say, I don't personally, I don't really pursue modeling. Mm -hmm. I always let modeling kind of fall into my lap. Music I pursue with everything in me. Um, But so modeling started because I would take photo shoots to get cover art for my my music projects and whatnot. And I would post them up. And I remember someone hit me up like, wow, I love your look. You you should, we should do a photo shoot. So I just did a, a, you know, casual photo shoot with a photographer who was very talented, but, you know, starting out like me. And it was amazing. And I loved it. And next thing I know, everyone starts hitting me up about modeling, and that just snowballed. And that modeling became a big part as well. So I integrated that into my brand, and I realized that that's kind of part of it, anyways. You know, you need the visual aspect, anyways. So right. it's a lot easier to whip out photo shoots than it was for me to plan and um, promote music the way I needed to. I could, in the time it would take me to drop one song and promote it properly, mm-hmm. I could do a do a hundred photo shoots and have a hundred pictures to post. So I, I was able to keep building my brand just by putting out my modeling and expanding, getting in front of new faces, but also of course, always having the music as a focal point. So that's, that's really how um, I've got to where I am. I mean, it's been a long, I mean, there's obviously many crazy twists and turns in the story, but that's like the overall umbrella of how I got to where I am now. Yeah. You know, Okay, so you you covered a lot that I want to unpack. So let's kind of yeah. move through this bit yeah, by bit. Yeah, let's unpack it. So you get to Chicago and you decide at nineteen, like you're doing music, and this is the thing that is happening for you. Like, what are those first steps though? Like, because it's one thing to decide, but it's another thing to like actually make that happen as a musician. So how did that process first really? What were the first steps when when everything didn't seem as certain? So when it didn't seem as certain, you know, it started with me writing, and I actually had went and purchased my own microphone. It was a blue mic, mm-hmm. um, and I had a laptop, and I downloaded a program for mixing. So it started off with me um, mixing and mastering and recording myself just so I could have content, and I would post it to YouTube, I will post it to SoundCloud, things like that, just things that were very accessible for me as an independent artist. And then as I you know, got more professional with the things I was doing, I ended up deciding, okay, I need, it's time to go to some studios where I can have a second opinion, because that, that's something I do believe in very much. You know, I'm an artist and everything. I do like to have control of everything. I write all my songs. 
you know, I, I like, I have the ear. I like to have my music be mine, but I'm also very aware that I don't know everything. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate having an engineer that I can say, man, did you like that part? Cause I don't know. And they can say yes or no. And I can say, okay, perfect. Cause I appreciate having second opinions. I know some artists are, yeah, yeah. some artists are very like, no, 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 don't touch it. I want it just like this. I'm like that sometimes, but I want to make music that sounds wonderful for the masses and as well as, you know, helps me um, cope with whatever I'm talking about. So so that started off with me recording myself. And then um, after that, it was a lot of networking. Um, and then I ended up shooting my first music video, which mm-hmm. uh, was actually a pretty amazing, one of my best videos, believe it or not. It was my first video ever. And I got in contact with a, a videographer. Um, we made it happen. I posted it, got you know, a couple thousand uh, views, and that kind of sent me on a spiral. I uh, dropped an EP after that, got it on a couple blogs, helped me get exposure. It just seemed like I just, it just kept snowballing and becoming bigger than I ever thought it could be, and that was very early on. Well, and, and that's another question, is like, when you're in that early period, were there times where you're like, I don't know if this is going to work, or were you always like, no, 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 oh, this is a thing? You know, absolutely. There was a hundred points when I was like, what am I doing? Am I an idiot? Is this is this all is this a crazy pipe dream? Right. You know, and it's not. It's not a pipe dream. Honestly, I I believe that anything you want, the resources and what you need is already here on this earth. You just have to go get it. You have to go find it. You have to go take it. And I, I'm gonna be real, everyone thought I was crazy. Like I said, when I was in Madison, people made fun of me, you know, and I just I just didn't listen to it because I knew what my happiness was. Right. And that's what it comes down to. You have to believe in yourself. There was a hundred different points when I said, oh my God, I need, I just needed, I should just give up. I don't want to give up. I don't want to stop, but this isn't going anywhere. Right. You know, what am I going to, how am I going to make a career and a brand out of this? This isn't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just one person. And, um, I just kept working, kept networking and met the right people that believed in me as well. Mm -hmm. And all it really took was one person to believe in me for me to go, maybe I am onto something here. And who were some of the collaborators you're working with, or the, whether it's like studio talent, producers, whoever, but like what are some of the, you know, uh, collaborators you've had in the city? Well, actually, it's a little outside of the city, okay. but I'll, I'm, I'm going to speak about him because he was one of the first people that really I felt like I, I'm, I'm very appreciative for him. His name is Joe. He's an engineer. I was living in Aurora for, for about a year and I stumbled into him and he was the person I recorded my first EP with in, uh, the, in, in the Chicago area. I'm, obviously, I'm in Chicago now. I've been in Chicago for a couple of years, but I was in the um, suburbs for a bit. And he believed in me so much. And he was, he couldn't, I mean, it just, he, he made me feel like, finally, someone who believes in me. And he saw my talent. He showed me off to all these people. And he was in a rock band himself, you know, oh, okay. living off of his music. So he kind of gave me a hope because he himself was living this pipe dream. And it's not really a pipe dream when it comes true, is it? No, 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 no. You know? Like, then it's, then it's a then career. It's a, so yeah. I looked at him like, well, you're doing it. And you believe in me. And you think that I can be, and he would say, like, man, you can be a huge star, like, you know, bigger than me. And I'm like, really? Because you're living off it. And you think I can, you know, I can live off it too, obviously, then. So, you know, he, he really put a lot of fire on my heels. And it just really, um, I just, and I moved to Chicago. And after that, it was just like, I was just going crazy. I just fell into a couple of good scenes of music artists. I fell into a couple. I met a, a bunch of good um, collaborative groups of music artists. Mm. So for, for a couple of years at the beginning of my journey, like in Chicago, I was able to roam around with a bunch of artists, a bunch of music artists, a bunch of producers, photographers, people that all were creatives and all were as passionate as me. 
and they really kept me we kept each other on, you know we were always doing shows together we were doing all types of stuff so they really all um helped me um find my confidence mm-hmm. and and through that and past that I was able to you know obviously everything can't last forever but I just continued on my journey um regardless and really have been able to found find my direction and you know find my my voice now you mentioned the music videos a little bit ago and I've watched the videos in there it seems like those are a really core component of what you're doing in your brand and your story. Mm-hmm. So are you starting with an idea for those videos in your head and then finding a director to match that? Or how do those come together? Um, yeah. I mean, basically every song that I that I write, um, I have a vision that usually comes to me pretty instantly for a, a video. I, I feel like for me, it, at least for me, it, it seems like it's the, ve- the best uh, art comes when I don't think too hard. Right. When I start overthinking it, it's when it starts to dilute the the craft in it and the passion so for me it's like the first thing i have the first thing that comes to my head that instinct always seems to be the gold spot that seems to be you know exactly what it needs to be so yeah usually it starts it's usually um it starts with my brain and i just bounce it off a videographer they expand on it or they don't or whatever and then we build and we create a great visual well, and the visual part of things, that's obviously a big part of what you're doing as well. Like yeah. you have a very visual brand right. in general. So how intentional was that and how did you determine what your brand, I guess, looks like and how it presents? My intention was not really to have a visual brand. And I definitely agree with you. It's a very, it's very visual. I actually got um, involved and I'm still like connected to them with a, um, a company here in Chicago um, that does a lot of big Chicago music videos. And so with that, I was able to be on a lot of music video sets with a lot of very large artists. Mm-hmm. So that allowed me to kind of get to know how set design was, creative direction, and allowed me to kind of start to think outside the box of what you could do visually. So I started doing a lot of uh, visuals. Me and my team, we started doing um, just even small videos for me to post on online and things like that just to kind of build the visual aspect. And I start, slowly started to realize, like, wow, I have a very visual brand. Mm-hmm. And um, that is very important to me. It's bigger than just the sound. I want, it, I want to create a world for people. That basically means that you're addressing the senses. So, of course, that's, that's, that's hearing. That's also going to be sight and visual and everything else that it can be. So, it, yeah, I mean... And then with the modeling too, and having the look I have, I was like, man, I need to do, I need to do a lot of visual stuff. I think it's going to be great for me, and it really, it really has been. So with the modeling, like you said, that kind of, I don't want to say fell on your lap, but it sounds like that wasn't the goal. That was more something that found you versus you seeking that out. Absolutely. When people started hitting you up about that, right? You know, were you instantly like, cool, I'm on board with this, or were you ever like, I don't know if that's the main thing I want to be known for, or, or like, what was your thought process at the beginning of that? Um, at the beginning, I was just down to collaborate with new people and kind of get my face in front of new audiences because it would benefit me because I would post the pictures. So that it's great. It's a benefit of me. Mm-hmm. But then they would post it as well to their audience. So it helped me expand and get in front of more people. But there definitely were points that on my journey, I, I was doing a l- more modeling than I was music for sure because it was just so easy to just book shoots. People were hitting me up every day. Right. I was doing three shoots in a day like often 
just because I'm running here, 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 you can't imagine how much, how many clothes I would shove into a backpack, just right. going place, to, and you know, you know, just going place to place to place to have all these different options to work with. But yeah, and then there was points when I was like, man, maybe I need to like slow down the modeling because I don't want people to get confused on what the focus is. So I started to step back a little bit and realize like, how does my brand look to people? And there was a point when I knew that it did, it did look like I was just a model. So I had to take a step back from that a, l- a little bit. But it also it's something that I do enjoy, and it does benefit me. And you know, so so I continue I continue with it as often as it makes sense. I just don't do as much because I need to make sure that my brand, you know, is about what I need to be about, which is music. I'm a musician. I'm a music artist. I'm a vocalist, entertaining artist, performing artist. And do you have people who only maybe know you from the modeling side, and then you have to kind of be like, actually, first and foremost, I am a musician. <laughs> Definitely, definitely about like two years ago or so, people would say, oh, you model. You know, I remember one time I was actually like out of town. Someone's like, oh, you're that model girl, Luna Gray. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, like I'll take it because I do a lot of modeling. I I understand. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of points when I did have to say, well, actually, I do music. And they'd always be intrigued. They'd be like, oh, really? Mm. Well, I need to hear that. But it kind of was frustrating to be like, man, they keep saying modeling. If they just dug a little deeper, they'd see it's deeper than modeling but it's a conversation starter to get them into and, like, and, and you know yeah. and, and at the end of the day you know it was publicity and it was getting my face in front of people and it was getting out there and i'm and i'm happy that i took the took the road i did yeah so. now with the music um to kind of bounce back to that for a second like you know you've released a number of singles are you working towards like a larger project or you do you see yourself just dropping kind of lucy's here and there Well, um, I think my focus right now is actually more based on singles. I would love to do a a, a wonderful and encompassing, all-encompassing project. And I've done, I dropped two two EPs. One was five songs, one was three songs. I did drop two, but I feel like at the point music's at right now, I feel like singles are kind of... That's what gets people attention, yeah. If you can just have that one good, great hit single, then you blow up, and then you do the project. Right. That's just something that I personally, that, that's where I am with it all right now. I want to do a project right now, but I feel like it's, and I have, I have way, I have, I have projects worth of content, projects, projects, but I just feel like it's more beneficial to get that one hit song. Because otherwise you're dropping a project and maybe four of the songs are kind of just fillers. Sure. Not yeah. fillers to me, but to the world, they're going to look at it like, okay, that one's cool. That one's cool. Oh, that's the hit. That one's cool. That one's cool. Well, why not just focus on that hit? Why not focus on that one hit, getting the best visuals you can, pushing it the best way you can, you know, promoting it to every, everywhere you can, you know, everywhere you, everywhere you can. So I would say singles are more of my focus right, right now. Mm-hmm. Talk to me in six months and, you know, things might Maybe be different. Maybe it'll be different. Yeah. So. And how are you promoting yourself? Obviously like the, the Instagram is a big part of it. The modeling works a big part of it, but like, how do you approach your promotional strategy for your creative work? Um, a lot of, uh, face to face, uh, being out and networking in public. I've actually found that just having a night out or, or maybe like a big thing too, is when I have a show and just sticking around for not, I mean, and just showing and just giving, giving the audience and the crowd, giving them like five, 10 minutes of interaction Mm. has got me, has made so many connections, has got me so many genuine fans just to show people that I'll talk to you, I'll, you know, hey, you know, shake their hand, right. say your name. You can't always stick around as long as you want, but I would say face to face is honestly really like that's even it, in today, it's still like the best thing I think to, to to build 
a very tight fan base, which is what I've always wanted. It's interesting to hear you say that because, um, and I, I, so I mention this every podcast, it always comes up, but like I teach this entrepreneurship class at Columbia. We were talking about that before the mic was on. And, you know, my students are all late teens, early 20s for the most part. And of course, everything's very digital, you know, now. And, And we have all these great social platforms, but I try to drive home to them that like, there's really something meaningful about a face-to-face interaction that still swear. can't be replaced with Twitter. Like the best tweet in the world, the best Instagram post. And they're amazing, but like there's something about a face-to-face real-world connection that just really can't be replicated in Absolutely. what it means. And I agree. I mean, a lot of times people will meet me and they've known me from social media and they always are like shocked at how like down to earth I am or like how how I talk to them like they're just a person. They're like, oh my God, like I would have thought you'd be something completely different. Right. And I feel like that's important. That's valuable. That's how you gain true connections with humans. That's how you gain true fans, people that will rock with you forever. Yeah, you build If you're just a presence and just yeah. an ent- entity, people will gawk at you and be amazed by you. But I like it to be deeper than just me being just on a pedestal for them. You know, I want them to feel like I'm family, even if I haven't met them. You know, I really want to help the world and and heal people. So I don't want people to feel like I'm just like, oh, I'm too good for you. And I'm so far off from you. I'm better than you. Because that's not the case. No one's better than anybody, first of all. You know what I mean? When it comes to like a human level, like fame and all that does not change what humanity should be about. Right. You know, it's still a human thing. So I think that accessibility is important. And, you know, you're right. Like, I think that in the age of like Instagram influencers and like, and you have an Instagram following, I think it is easy for people to just be kind of like on a different level. And they're like, well, no, I have 50,000 followers or whatever. So like, I don't need to be talking to people. Yeah. So that's refreshing. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, so what is coming up for you in the new year? I know you kind of like hinted at some things you were talking about before the mic was on. We can't mention all of them yet, but kind of like, Preview what's coming up for you, whether it's music, modeling, anything that's happening for you in 2019. Well, so um, I'll start with the with the music. So I will be releasing some singles at the beginning of the year, and I do uh, I I will be going on a tour in 2019. Very I don't cool. I don't know exactly what months yet. It all depends on how things line up. But I do know I'll be having some new singles that will probably be on the airwaves, and you'll probably hear about it without having to talk to me. But that's um, a very big thing. I have some new visuals I'll be doing for sure with some uh, large entities. Yeah. So I'll be dropping those uh, towards the beginning of, of the year, and that's going to kickstart the year for me and get things really pumping. I actually just dropped a visual, which I'm, which I, one of my favorite songs of mine, actually. Um, it's called Love Me Good. Um, mm-hmm. You can find it on YouTube, Love Me Good, uh, Luna Gray. Gray with an E, by the way, because I know an people e. always are curious. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's important, but... So yeah, that that's something that I you know if you want to hear something from me right now, you can go check that out. But I will be dropping a bunch a bunch of new stuff very very shortly. Um, so that's another thing that I'm very excited about. It's actually outside of music and outside of modeling. I actually have recently been delving into some comedy. I've been delving into some acting, mm-hmm. and I've been doing some of my own kind of skits and series type of things as well. So I've been doing collaborations with a other you know kind of viral video people from Chicago. But I'm also starting to do my own. Um, comedy skit uh, skits and series. I'm starting my own um, my own series, but I'll, that will also be something that I'll be unveiling and unleashing uh, in 2019. So I'm, I'm interesting. Doing, I'm, hey, gotta make them laugh. I feel like that's very important. I feel like you know, humor is everything to me, and I you know I want to show people that I'm down to earth too. And I feel like when people can laugh at you or laugh with you, it, you know, it shows a degree of vulnerability, and that's something that 
I'm not. I, I I think that's nice. I think it's a good way for people to. It's humanizing. With me. It's humanizing. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's very humanizing, right? Uh, what are all the best platforms for people to find you, find your work, follow you, um, throw out all the URLs or platforms or names? Yeah, um, I, you can definitely find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at the Luna Gray. T H E L U N A G R E Y. You can also find me at that same handle on Twitter, uh, SoundCloud. I have a lot of music on SoundCloud. Uh, if, you, if you Google Luna Gray, like I said, Gray with an E, you'll find a bunch of random stuff from me, interviews and some show footage. You'll find a bunch of YouTube videos. Also, if you just Google, look me up on iTunes. I have a couple singles on there as well. So you can pretty much find Google. Just a, just a good Google search will get you pretty sure. much everywhere you need to be. I love it, man. Um, yeah. This is awesome. I'm glad we got to close the year with you. Uh, I've been seeing the work you're doing. It's very cool. I love the visuals. Thank I love you. the music. And I'm glad we have to, got to have this conversation tonight. This was so easy and chill. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming up and yeah, being fun. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'm glad, to, I'm glad to have came. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And, you know, on this podcast, we bring people back because they have new developments because this is a very hyper-local Chicago music podcast. So we'll definitely have you back because you have new things going yeah, on, man. So sure. uh, Luna Gray, thank you for coming up and closing the year with us on Dynasty Podcasts. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.